You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast. Each week, I, David Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. A Gareth Reynolds who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Why are you dancing? Because I had a rhythm to it. Didn't you feel the rhythm? No, I didn't Did feel anything like that. feel the rhythm of my intro? Did you feel that in your bones? Feel the rhythm of my intro? Now we got to use our phones. Feel the rhythm of the intro? Nothing? Come on. No, okay. absolutely nothing. Okay. I, I just, uh, what I think is happening is a lot of people are turn off, turning off a podcast. Well, be I think guess. a lot of people, and this is impossible, but I think a lot of people who didn't have it on heard that and turned it on. Okay. So you, you understand that you're an idiot. Yeah. Like you don't know how anything works it's at all. It's been a tough pandemic. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, for me, it's very hard. No, it's for you. It's been very, almost not hard at all. I've suffered more than anyone. You're just sitting in your apartment, eating vegetables, playing with a cat and working out. That's, that's the extent of your nightmare. And I'm shocked that I'm getting through it. <laughs> I mean, we all are. We all are. And, and disappointed. Thank some you. Of us. Did you understand that? Did I? Yeah. Yeah. The, I, yeah. I said Everybody's dis- proud of me. Mm. I heard you. <laughs> okay. Roger Dodger. All right. Well, this is a good talk. Uh, great podcast. I will talk to you next week. I can't believe how easy these are getting. Farewell, friend. <laughs> uh, so a couple things. First of all, uh, we both have other podcasts that we do. I do a podcast called The West Wing Thing, in which uh, screenwriter and I, uh, Josh Olson and I discuss uh, how the West Wing has destroyed American politics. Um, so, you know, check that out. And then you have another podcast, although you I don't point do it. Point versus long. point, which retired, but yeah. since Sometimes. current events, the world needed the, the, our look at the news. So point versus point is now having, putting out special episodes every other week. See, you're doing something for America. Oh, and then Thursday nights, watch me on Instagram live at Reynolds Gareth Gareth's send suggestions to Gareth's live at gmail.com and I will rip on them. <laughs> you also have a video series. And I have videos you can watch with me and my cat that are, uh, I don't know what to call them, but I think we're on the way to dystopic. So I think they're called, I think they're called micro movies. They're micro movies, but there is, I think there's a, something's happening in the world. I think <laughs> they're getting, they're getting a little, I'm becoming Martin Scorsese with my cat videos now. <laughs> There's so much time. I'm like, I need this shot. Well, yeah. When you're trapped in your house with the cat, the, oh, the yeah. videos are going to become very, very artistic. Yep. Yep. And called it quote, his jam pad. Jam pad. I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave. Okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five part coefficient. <laughs> Come on, now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court.
January 30th, 1752. Year of our Lord. Isn't that the year of our Lord? Yeah, the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This episode is, I found, because uh, when we were going through last week's episode, there was a character in there, and I was like, what's this guy's story? (laughs) Now now, now we're going to hear that guy's story. So it's kind of a... The last one, the the high voiced, uh, yes, fa- fancy man who uh, ended up having beans for balls, right? That's right. Okay. Uh, Governor Morris was born in the province of New York. His father was Lewis Morris Jr. His mother was Sarah Governor, which is how he got his first name. They used her maiden name as his first name. Okay, right. Open. Always a that's pleasure. What, yeah, that's what you do yeah. yep. to really fuck up your kid. Well, this is a time when there weren't a lot of names to go around. There you were know, hardly. You and your family would be splitting a morsel of name. Yeah, I mean, they had seven names. They had seven names to go around Earth. That's right. Uh, he was given, uh, his mother's maiden name is a first name. Uh, the governors were Huguenots, or uh, French Protestants, as I don't have to tell you. You know that. Obviously, yeah. They're not astronauts named Hugh, for those of you at home thinking that. Oof. In 1663, they uh, fled uh, Europe to New Amsterdam. Uh, they be- they became, the Morrises became hot shit, or the Governors, sorry, became hot shit. Uh, okay. His grandfather was a governor of New York and his uncle a governor of Pennsylvania. Dude, so this guy becomes Governor Gouverneur. Get out of here. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> uh, he was raised in Morrisiana. Okay. Morris, uh, sorry, say that again. Morrisania. Morrisania. That's, that's what they named their estate. That They named their estate Morrisania. So they were Do willing that? to come up with a new name for their estate, their son. They're like, yeah, what do we have laying around? This? This will do. Well, more, their name is Morris. The last Oh, so what, what's Morrisania? That's just. That's what they just, they just sure. named it after their last name. Sure. They just use the Transylvania technique. They're like, Adivania. That's right. Uh, it's a 1,600-acre estate in what is now the Bronx. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, what would that place cost now, Dave? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Lewis, his father, wasn't thrilled with the first batch of boys he had with his first wife. Sure. Treat them like muffins. Love it. That's right. Uh, she kicked it. She's gone. Um, he married Sarah after that. Uh, and then he had a uh, young governor, uh, and he really saw something in this kid. He thought this kid was the cream of the crop compared to the other brothers. Okay. This kid, this kid actually had something. He had a kid, found a kid he liked. He got a keeper. That's right. He's going to ch- cherish and nurture and support him and nurture him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, he had pulled his other sons out of Yale after not liking the school's connection to religion and saying everyone in Connecticut was quote low and cunning. This is this guy is a hard. He's hard to get a read on. This I'm still, guy, he's doing some good. He's doing some bad. Uh, he wanted the best for Governor. Quote: It is my desire that my son Governor Morris have the best education that is to be had in Europe or America. If you love your son, you just you don't name him Governor. You change <laughs> it at this point. If you love it, you're like he's going to get the snot kicked out of him at school. Uh, you're Billy. <laughs> Uh, in 1671, when uh, he was nine, Governor was sent to the Academy of Philadelphia, which had been founded by Benjamin Franklin. Okay, Pre- former president. Former president, that's right. As we've yeah. learned on this show. He was indeed 
was a leader of the country at one point. Uh, the next year, Governor's dad died. Okay, thank you for I mean, that was cutting into my joke with the death. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so it, now he's got no mother, no father. Uh, oh, no, he's uh, still his mother. Yes, mom's still alive. Right, right. In his will, Governor uh, got a slave, his father's shaving box, a seal ring, and a pair of gold buttons his father wore every day. How old is he? He's uh, 10. Uh, Dave, it is beyond comprehension for a 10-year-old to be willed another human being. Yeah, no, it's really A grown human being. Yeah. It's not great. Tell you what, it's really made me forget the other things that were on the list. <laughs> Those are what else was on the list? You, like my mind exploded uh, when you said that he left a, him a slave. A shaving box, a seal ring, and a pair of gold buttons. A seal ring? Uh, I assume it's a ring made out of Cock seal ring bone. For seals. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. What you said. So, uh, three years later, Gouverneur went to King's College in New York. Uh, he was really great at math. He would, quote, amuse himself with rapid calculations in his mind. Oh, my God, in his mind. Oh, boy, this gets uh, popular. That's what we call a fucking weirdo. Hey, so uh, you're laughing about numbers and your name's Gouverneur? Do you want me to beat the fuck out of you, or do you want me to just give, you want to give me everything right now? How do you want to handle this? No, go ahead and beat the fuck out of me. Yeah, All funny. right, pleasure is mine, loser. Uh, he and his classmates tortured teachers if they didn't respect them. They threw books at the head of the Latin master. They made fun of the morals uh, of the math and science professors. So all around shitty, uh, shitty right. kids. Annoying children, right. In August 1766, Gouverneur was home from King's when he accidentally knocked over a kettle of boiling water. Oh, dear. The water landed on his right arm and sighed. The burn was brutal. He would forever be scarred, and years later, his arm would be described as having, quote, all the flesh taken off. It was looking like all the flesh was taken off, which is cool. Yeah, so his arm for the rest of his life looked like all the flesh had been taken off, which I assume it had. You've just completely changed boiling water for me. (laughs) That is no longer a thing where I'm going to go, got to do that, then get over here. I'm going to be like, all right, we've got a bomb on the stove. That's great. I want there to look like there's flesh on my arm later. Have you heard the uh, story of Gouverneur? I haven't. Oh, well, I don't know all of it, but basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah, and I think there's three quarters more. <laughs> um, after the burn, he took a year off college to heal. And then he returned and graduated at 16 years old. Okay. Is that, are we getting any follow-up with the fact that he was left a human being? Is that... Is that left, a, left a human being? He was given a slave as a child? No, that's, that's gone. That's, that's just, a thing, just a thing he, he has now. All right. Thank you, buddy. It's just, a, it's just a kid who owns another person. Thanks for the closure, man. Thank you. Uh... Uh, so he then became a lawyer as his uh, father and grandfather had been. He apprenticed as a clerk for William Smith Jr. in New York City. He made a lot of, a lot of money. Okay. It, helped, it helped that his family used him for services. He made 200 to 300 pounds for some jobs, which is about uh, 9 to 13K today. Wow. Okay. 
the moot of fancy lawyer society invited him to join. Oh, ooh. The moot. The moot. <laughs> uh, someone fucked up with the naming, but... Yeah, right. Uh, Britain and the colonies were heading towards war, and Governor's family was split on who to support. His half-brother, Lewis, was one of a group of men who signed the Declaration of Independence and elected delegates for a provincial congress. Wow. Uh, was this before superdelegates? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Way before. Oh. Uh, Governor Morris was picked to be a delegate. His mother and sisters chose to support the British... Uh, so Governor was still hoping the sides could work it out without going to war. So, right. was, you know, his family. So this is when you were voting. They were voting for. They picked they picked delegates for a provincial. So like the first Congress, like to figure out how to do the country. Right. Some guys just got together and picked like the dudes who they thought would be best. Okay. Got the it. best minds. Right. Right. Uh, so. The Provincial Con- Congress met in New York in May 1775. Gumnier was just 23 years old. Wow. That's pretty crazy. A hot shot, yeah. Uh, 23, I wasn't. That's nowhere near. Uh, yeah, you think you could? Yeah, I was a lawyer at 23. <laughs> so, 16. Uh, one uh, one uh, delegate there said... Governor understood tough issues, quote, as if it were by intuition. In the fall of 1775, uh, New York sent an army to invade Canada. <laughs> right? Sure. We've all heard of that, right? Yeah. It's just one of the things you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. The plan was to stop. Yeah. The truth is when you are, when you are as aggressive and as, sto- like as stacked with weaponry as we are, Canada's like the little brother. So it's just every now and then you got to go over there and give a couple noogies. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Little, you know what I mean? Cross the border. Hey, come on. Let us be the worst. Huh? Go over here. Come on. Let us get away with all the war crimes, you fucker. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> uh, so the reason they were, uh, they want to invade Canada was to stop uh, the British from using Canada as a base. That was the idea. Sure. So Canada was really <laughs> a chew Canada. toy, essentially, at that point. They're like, well, why yeah. can't... Okay, we won't let them. It's like, no, unfortunately, to make sure you don't get invaded, we're coming in. <laughs> so, uh, it didn't. It didn't go well. Uh, and go- Governor argued against doing it. He thought it was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Invading Canada. Yeah, he said, right. "quote Well, not that reason." He said, "quote For the most part, the soldiers from this town are not the cream of the earth, but the but the scum." He, so he's saying the reason why not to do it is because he has a shitty army. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. A bunch, a bunch of New Yorkers. He's like, fuck. Right. Are you kidding me? Finally, someone has some morality. No, it's not that. We're going to get the shit kicked out of us. I should know. My name's Governor. I've had it beaten out of me many times. Uh, the, the attack failed. Okay. He was right. Uh, he tried to join uh, the, the army in February 1776 as a colonel but he was not accepted due to his arm. Instead, the position he wanted was given like, to a... Sh- the army. They're like, sorry. <laughs> Didn't you understand the deal? It's not what it means. So, sorry about that. It's not called the arm. But it's not called the two army. It is. And you just changed it. 
Well, we're we're doing stuff on the fly. We're a brand new country, so it's called the Two Army. The guy I heard you talk to the guy. I heard nothing of this. I know. If you look at all the forums, you'll see it that we've drawn two in front. There, it just it's been there for a while. I'm going to keep my ear open, and if I find out that this is not that this isn't on all the stationery, I'm coming it's, back, and I want to be a colonel. It'll all be on all the stationery by the time you get back, for sure. Your armness, skin, skin and bones, no skin. Okay, N- no skin. I don't think I want to be here anymore. Colonel, no skin arm. All right, this party's over. Just wanna. Uh, so uh, he tried to join the army, but this this other guy got uh, the position that he wanted, and the guy was a shoemaker. We're only hiring one colonel, guys, so we're going to go from the top. All right, you guys know all the moves. We're just looking for one. We're filling one replacement today. Uh, the guy was a shoemaker, which offended Governor, and then he uh, was offered to be his lieutenant colonel, but he refused. Hey, I understand that you could work for me if you wanted. I reckon we throw a bunch of heels at him. What did you reckon? I'm out of here. Why? Just, never mind. No, you got to stay here. That's an order. No, I'm not. No. You work I don't. for me now. I don't. Eat the shoe. Nope. Piece by piece? You're not good at this. Please, I'll eat it. Just tell me it's an order. No. I have a finish. I know you do. Because uh, you're fucking a shoe right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was reelected to the Provincial con- Congress in May 1776. And in June, he sat on an investigating committee to hear evidence of a loyalist plot to kill George Washington. Holy shit. Uh, it turns out one of Washington's bodyguards, Thomas Hinckley, uh, was planning to kill him by serving him a bowl of poisoned peas. <laughs> and by the way, whose great, great, great grandson would later kill John Lennon. Hopefully. You see. <laughs> so you have a bowl of poisoned peas? That's how you do it. That's how you kill the greats. Oh. <laughs> uh. Man, it just seems so easy to turn that meal down. What? No. Give me some frosted yeah, not, flakes, maybe. Not even poison pie. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Be like, would you like some raspberry pie? Well, I would love a little raspberry pie. Instead of like, here's a bowl of peas. What? Here's a bowl of peas for you to eat. Excuse me. What? Did you have you? These are plain peas. Have them. Uh, I'm good. Eat just two. I don't want any. Try to eat as try to eat a handful and then see if you can eat a bigger handful. I want few. I'm not interested in peas right now, and I'm not sure why you brought them into the the boardroom. Uh, I'm not eating right now. I'm actually just planning. All we're the saying war. is give peas a chance. No, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything. They're not poisoned. I'll take them away, but they're not poisoned. They seem like they're poisoned now that you've said that. <laughs> These peas? Poisoned? Well, if they're so poisoned, my friend, why would I take a handful and eat them? <sighs> Mother of you, God. Are you okay? Are you, are you allergic to peas? Yes, yes. That's entirely what it is. I'm having an allergic reaction, as I always do to peas. Now I'm going to die. I don't want any coroner near me. This is purely a a regular pee death. 
You actually acted it out. (laughs) (laughs) Again, baby. Uh, Hinckley was hanged in the Bowery in front of a huge crowd. The others. How did they find out the peas were poisoned? I don't know. Interesting. That's another story I might have to dig into. (laughs) Next week. (laughs) The others involved were rounded up. Uh, Governor's brother, half brother Richard, was one of those brought before the committee. So because he's part of the plot. Yeah, his half brother was a loyalist trying to kill Washington. Okay. But Richard just pledged to support the provincial Congress, and that was enough. Off he went. Okay. Great. Good. (laughs) So, party loyalty still effective. The British were going to attack New York, so the Provincial Congress moved 25 miles north to Kingston in February 1777. Okay. They uh, met in a 100-year-old stone building that had a prison in the basement. It smelled so bad that Governor asked everyone else if he could smoke to get rid of the smell. Oh, uh, wow. That's, <laughs> That's how bad it is, yeah. That's pretty good. Boy, it smells like shit in here. Does anyone mind if we make it smell like cigarettes? Well, I've, I've been in that position, though, where you'd rather cigarettes than what's going on. Yeah, I've never had what, Like, as a smoker, I would say. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. That, that never... Stinks. Come on, I got a cigarette. That'll help. It's not remotely anything that what anybody would want. I'd rather smell shit. Really? I don't know. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> a governor and two others were chosen to write the New York State Constitution. Uh, he's only 25 years old, and he's writing the New York State Constitution. That's crazy. Is this one they put in that you can cancel elections? That's right. One of the others, John Jay, kept on trying to put in anti-Catholic stuff. I uh, love a guy who's just like, yeah, but then also, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Pope. Don't forget, the Pope's a huge jerk-off. Governor was not big on Catholics himself. He thought the clergy was corrupt and the followers were superstitious, stupid, and their beliefs, quote, absurd. All right. So this guy's out of his mind, huh? (laughs) Talk about not aging well. Get a position uh, that'll look good in the future, dummy. Thank you. But as far as the New York Constitution, he pushed back to allow Catholics to worship as they wanted. He also tried to get anti-slavery language put in, but it was rejected by the legislature. The New York Constitution governor uh, governor helped write was ratified on April 21st. So that's pretty, that's pretty good for the resume. 25. But, and by the way, I do think like the, the, I don't, I, nobody has a problem with people being religious. Go do it, but just treat it like, you know, weed 10 years ago, do it in your home. Shut the fuck up about it. In May 1777, Governor was picked to be one of New York's delegates to the Continental Congress in Philadelphia. So he's moving up, moving up to a higher Congress. What does the Continental Congress mean, Dave? Uh, that's the first. Uh, it's going to be the first Congress, and they're going to they're going to write uh, Constitution and come up with how the government should. Operate. Okay, so that is that's the big one. Yeah, they're forming the the way the whole enchilada is going to work. Right, and by the way, I got good news for them. Perfectly. Yeah, it never goes wrong. Never. That's the cool thing. Thank you. Nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Now, now it's starting to feel like our like our constitution was like when you sign up for the iTunes licensing agreement so blindly. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And now you're like, wait, what the fuck did it say? 
shit. He can do what? <laughs> Uh, but before he, he went to the, uh, to Philadelphia, the revolutionary war kicked off instead of going to Congress, he was sent to look at, uh, look into the loss of Fort Ticonderoga. Uh, the British had uh, captured a fort, uh, way up North. That's right. We've got uh, a fort. It's made out of pillows. Try to get inside if you wish. Uh, after looking the area over, Governor wrote that they should get rid of all northern settlements. Quote, drive off the cattle, secure or destroy the forage. Um, it's very rough terrain. It's wet, wooded, and steep. He figured it would make the wilderness harder for the British to cross. I mean, he is just saying torch it. Yeah, basically. Not torch it, but just make it a nightmare. Right. Get okay. through. Okay. Get rid of roads. Get rid of all that shit. Right, right. Uh, but the Council of Safety just wanted info that would calm people down because they were freaked out about losing the fort. The council wrote, quote, We could wish that your letters might contain paragraphs for the public. The people suspect the worst because we say nothing. And they should be expecting the worst. Yeah, right? well, the, yeah, the British have attacked a fort. It's not great. And they're like, what about good stuff? Yes, why don't we focus on the time we we wouldn't let any Chinese people into the country? That seems to be when we really peaked with our decision-making, wasn't it? Governor wrote back that he didn't know he was supposed to, quote, write the news. He was quickly called home. Wow. Fuck me. <laughs> He's like, sorry, I was up here thinking. Yeah, that's it. Send him home. As far as using the wilderness to stop the British, uh, he was right. Trees were cut down. Streams were dammed. Anything that could slow them down. And it worked. British uh, advance turned into a nightmare. In what's October, that up ahead? It's another <laughs> thing of wood. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake. What should That's we do? The... Well, I say that we just set up base because we've been climbing over logs all day. This is absolutely absurd. I've got tea. Of course you've got tea. You're the tea boy. Now, give us a round. Where's Lumpy? Hello, Hello Governor. Yes, man. I suppose, in a way, we all did expect you to show up in some capacity and didn't know where or when, but pretty low-hanging fruit, if you ask me. But at least it's been plucked, and we no longer have to stand on pins and needles. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you like that? I did. <laughs> in October 1777, <laughs> Governor left for Philadelphia to go to the Continental Congress. But the British... Uh, moved to attack Philadelphia, so Congress had to flee the town of York 90 miles. What if they just cut down all the trees? Do you like that? Hmm? Do you like that? Try to climb over those bloody trees all day. All the leaves and the dams. Back at you, mate. Right, back at you. Uh, Governor arrived in January after he had stopped to visit friends in New Jersey. Uh, Governor was not impressed with uh, the city of York. Okay. Now, he was at this point uh, a ladies' man. His scarred arm did not slow him down with women. He was tall, smart, and good-looking. He wrote that he rarely paid for sex. Quote, I like, like oh, you don't, is that well, not what you write? Uh, is that not what you write? He does too much. <laughs> and to be clear, I have never paid for sex. At least not a lot. Anyway. Dear, dear diary, I am not paying for intercourse with women. Dear Diary, had another fornication session last night. Free of charge, might I point out. <laughs> uh, quote, I only like the yielding kiss and that from lips I love. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. 
but York did not have much to offer. He wrote his friends J.M. Livingst- and Livingstone that there were, quote, no fine women here. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay, so he was very much motivated by that. Yeah, he was the kind of guy who needed uh, a, a woman with him, and he was usually able to get it, but York, obviously, a disappointment. Right. He was 25. Uh, he was one of the youngest members of Congress. Uh, the people in Congress who were opposed to his beliefs called him the tall boy. Whoa. Brutal. That is a governor. Fucking... Go have a field day with that. <laughs> Stop. Sir, you're, you're on a gold mine and you're like, let's go treasure hunting. Uh, he was on a committee to meet George Washington and report on the condition of his troops. Colony forces were suffering from disorganization and incompetence, and when the committee arrived at Valley Forge, they were shocked at, by what Washington told them and what they saw. Governor wrote, quote, Our troops, alas for the wretches, the skeleton of an army presents itself to our eyes in a naked, starving condition, out of health, out of spirits. Oh. Also, yeah, where the hotties at? Where the ladies at? Can I get a where the ladies at from the troops? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Governor using his math skills reorganized and fixed uh, supplies. Governor and Washington became close. They were both over six feet tall, which at the time was like being a giant. Okay. Uh, and they also had the same political beliefs. The British abandoned Philadelphia to consolidate. I, I, you understand that I, because of this show, I can never think of any. George Washington, to me, does, no longer exists as a figure other than every time we talk about him, I'm just waiting to either hear about his mouth pain or I'm just envisioning him, everything he's doing under the guise of, uh-huh, uh, like he just sighs at the end of every thought because he's like, yeah, it'd be great, the, the mouth, uh. Yeah, I know. I I just always think of him dying, just bleeding that out. Too, that too plays a part for sure. The fact that his friends just you know killed him and drained him like a Guinness tap. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the British abandoned Philadelphia uh, to cons- consolidate their troops in New York. Too many then, batteries. Uh, when they left Philadelphia, it was a mess. The uh, state house. No, it's still great. It's great now. The state house had been used as a hospital and smelled like garbage and corpses. Someone light a cigarette. <laughs> uh, not a great hospital if it smells like garbage, but okay. Well, we'll get back uh, there. The, the city wide. We were in Salt Lake and we, or where were we? Maybe it was, no, it must have been um, Minnesota. We saw the outside of the Mayo Clinic uh, and it yeah. had an enormous Jack. Jack's beef jerky link or whatever Jack's jerky yeah, link logo on it. Answer. Yeah. So it was like the hospital was sponsored by a cancer stick. Jack's thing. beef jerky. <laughs> I, that was a tough moment for me. Had I been on mushrooms at that point, I would have run away. Uh, so the citywide bill for property damage and theft came to over $6 million in today's oh, money. Oh, thank God that was in today's money. Now, What is that now? (laughs) Uh, Philadelphia at the time was the biggest U.S. city, although foreigners didn't think much of it. 
A Frenchman wrote that the ladies, quote, although very well shaped, lack grace and make very bad curtsies. And they pride them. (laughs) Uh, We are in the middle of the most French review of all time. (laughs) And they they pride themselves on scrupulous fidelity toward their husbands. Scrupulous fidelity. Yeah, it so the, is, uh, what I would call disgusting. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a bunch of women uh, with their husbands and talking to them. They are engaged with them. They are uh, communicating with them, kissing with them in public. Uh, yeah. You know, it's hard for me to, uh, how do you say, pry them uh, away from them. Oui, oui. They, they will not let uh, let me have sex with their uh, parts. Yes, this is uh, Heinrich. He is a German friend of mine. And he's come along <laughs> with me. Uh, and uh, we travel together. I'm obviously from my friends. And then uh, he's a Germanic. Uh, yes, very bad at curtsy. Yeah. Yes, and I, we both, by the way, have taken notice of the curtsies. You, you realize it's one move. It's not three different individual moves. Curtsy is a down and a bay. You know, it's not a, a head down and leg out. It's in pull. It's all of one fluid motion. But these women, they make it like a six-part uh, miniseries, you know, which is something I'm working on right now. It's a crazy thing. But it will be tiny installments of one story. You know, but like uh, parsed out so that people are enticed to, to see what is, uh, uh, come on, say, uh, the uh, cliffhanger, yeah? uh, something uh, u- uh, utilized during sweeps, which is another thing I'm sort of conceiving in my mind palace. Anyway, it's been great to see you. Work on your curtsy. Heinrich, carry me. <laughs> did, you sl- did you slip into Spanish? Who knows? It's a long journey, so potentially. <laughs> They're all slippery slopes, you know? So, the uh, Congress returned to Philadelphia in the summer and debated what time of government America should have. Governor. All right, good. Yes. Yeah, horrible. Let's do it the worst way. Uh, It's going to be real bad. Uh, Governor was uh, the funniest guy in the Congress. He always made everybody laugh and smile. Okay. At one point, Hamilton like was gov- throwing out funny math equations. <laughs> At one point, uh, Hamilton bet Governor a dinner that he would not walk up to Washington, slap him on the back, and say, "My dear General, how happy I am to see you look so well." <laughs> Man, oh my God, Dave, we need a prank show from this time. Oh, this is the best. Well, I want you to go up to Washington. Shake his hand and say, no, I admire you, sir. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> well, Governor did it, uh, but he said the look he got from Washington was one of the worst moments of his life. <laughs> Washington was like, the fuck? The fuck is happening? Yeah. Parliament, uh, British Parliament, gave up uh, on the right to tax the colonies and sent a three-man peace commission to America. And Governor wrote official responses to the commission and public essays in newspapers that he signed an American. Mm. In one, he called for attacking London with a small raiding parties. Quote, it is time to turn the headlong current of vengeance upon the head of the destroyer. A small sum of money would wrap London in flames and the dreaded scalp knife itself may in the hands of our riflemen spread horror through the island. Jesus Christ. Not a bad idea, though. Why not, not fucking a- send, why not send some terrorist groups to London? 
It is super ahead of its time. <laughs> so word came that a diplomat, Silas Dean, was funneling weapons from France through a private company in America. Thomas Paine, who was the secretary of foreign on the, the secretary of the Foreign Relations Committee, was very upset and attacked Dean publicly. And then Congress split into two groups. Those who were for and those who were against. During these debates, Gouverneur said, quote, it gave me great pain to hear the word party made use of. This is a word that can do no good, but which may produce much evil. What an idiot. <laughs> like, dude, have some foresight. I know the best thing about our country. Yeah, is that you identify that, that you can get screwed over because you're part of a gang that you believe in. Yeah, that you, then you can just follow whichever group has no morality just because they have a. Yeah, they gave you a jacket once. Yeah. In October 1779, Gouverneur was not reelected by uh, New York. He had he, what he had done was he had backed Vermont becoming its own state. Uh, instead of part of New York. And so then okay. New York was pissed. Right, okay. Uh, so he was retired from politics at the age of 27. <laughs> Christ, he's... <laughs> Honestly, I keep thinking that we're dealing with someone who's getting older, but he's staying the same. Uh, he stayed in Philadelphia to work as a lawyer, which he had done while he was in Congress the whole time because the salary wasn't enough. Okay. They they figured I'll find that out. ways around that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they figured that out. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, well, it was though. I, I can't remember who I heard say it, but it's. Some, I think it was Truman who said that if you get rich in government, you're a criminal. Yeah, uh, he had uh, quite the social life. The city was constantly having balls and parties, and he was quite the ladies' man. Good looking, intelligent. He listened to women, and he treated them as equals. Uh, he wrote a, fan, about a friend the, that he... Sorry, sorry Dave, and something, they, something about this they found different and attractive? I don't understand. He would uh, yeah, ask if about talk to, Well, if you, if, if you listen to a woman instead of just talking to them, so, sorry, and you treat them I, like I, they're... I think uh, a lot of us are kind of lost as to where you're, you're going with this and what you're saying. And you treat them like they're there and they exist and they have stuff to say, then... Sorry again. We're sorry. We're talking about. I guess we're talking about two different things. No, that's how you. That's uh, how you talk to women. Phone call after this because I just think this is a sidebar. (laughs) This is just wild. The stuff I'm hearing. Uh, in May 1780, Governor was heading to the country, and as he climbed into his horse-drawn carriage, he was thrown, and his left leg got caught in the spokes of a wheel. That was turning. The ankle was badly mangled and bones were broken. The governor's doctor, a governor's doctor at the time, happened to be. I'm uh, the doctor tier. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So his, his regular doctor's out of town. So these other doctors treat him and they looked and said the leg had to be amputated below the knee. I was going to guess that in the crazy way. So they saw a broken ankle leg, and they're like, that That's whole gotta thing's go. got to come off, unfortunately. Ah, uh, yeah, so they cut it off below the knee. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> talking about wishing your doctor hadn't left town. Well, then his doctor came back and looked at, 
looked and said, oh, I could have saved that leg. <laughs> Which you don't say at that point. No, no. You go, oh, boy, gosh. Yeah, that was the right move. Can I talk to you guys in the other room about how you operate when I'm gone? No, this had to be done this way. Uh, he recovered for months in the house of ex-congressman George Platter and his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, George is 46, Elizabeth uh, 29, so much closer to uh, Governor's age. Sure. Uh, she uh, took care uh, of Governor. Uh-oh. Hold on. Are you English patienting me? They became very close. Mm-hmm. And even Let me continued. He asked about her. And he... He even they even continued to write and correspond after they, he had moved out. So it wasn't Facebook that started this. Oh, no. Well, it turns out Governor has a thing for married women mm. who are with dull or vicious husbands. Mm, okay, right. So he's a rehabilitator. That's right. Uh, he made. Uh, his friends made jokes about his womanizing. John Jay wrote their mutual friend, Robert Morris, that he wished Governor had lost something else besides his leg. He's talking about his dick. Oh, well. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to amputate your cock. <laughs> what? No, it's yeah. not anywhere near the accident. Yeah, no, it's well, my fr- ankle's fine. Ankle by two. No, two, it's, three. it's hanging by a, just skin. Well, let's let's. I'm the doctor, so let's go in order of most life-threatening to least. So but my my dick's just nothing wrong. Yeah, it's just yeah, but that's, that's the that's the center of the whole problem. That's what's broken. Your dick. No. We take the dick off, then we can see what's going on with the leg. Okay, so we're going to go in this order of surgeries. Going to cut your wait. dick off, give you a haircut, then we're going to touch your ankle. Okay. Wait, what's what's your wife's name? My wife, Susanna. But that's neither here nor there. I know. Yeah, we're gonna get the dick off, and uh, no, I think and then this we're gonna, might be. And then we're gonna grill it, and then we're gonna eat it in front of you while you're in here. <laughs> okay, thanks <laughs> everybody. This is fun. Uh, so, uh, Governor got an oak peg leg. Well, am I supposed so to react I, to that? Well, it's a good hardwood. Sure, absolutely. Not pine. <laughs> pine shat on you. Your peg leg made of pine. He tried copper and cork pegs, but went with wood uh, for the rest of his life. Uh, he's still pretty. Things. I know. Be clankety clank, clank, clank. And I think rust. And I would just think copper. And I don't think it rusts. I don't think copper Oh, actually, rusts. copper doesn't. But still, I think it's a little. I think you're asking for more trouble with something like copper. I agree. Uh, but he was still pretty mobile. Sometimes he'd slip in mud or on stairs, but it didn't slow him down. Uh, he walked, he danced, he rode, he climbed church steeples and shot river rapids on his peg leg. Okay, so this guy now is like, he's like a dodo <laughs> video or something? Like the ultimate comeback? Peg on Discovery Channel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, An ex-congressman named Robert Morris was made superintendent of finance, and he asked Governor to be his assistant. Is there America a regular was- intendant? Uh, no, I think they're all super. That's a really weird thing to just start with. You want to weird there first might, level? There might be a, a regular intendant. We'll have to look it up later. If, even, if a, even if there's an intendant, super is quite an upgrade for the second one. Well, you gotta. I mean, you gotta differentiate. Like yeah, a super. Right. There's like so a super. Be Chad, and I'll be the superintendent. Great, <laughs> great, perfect. 
Then I'll wear a cape. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, the two men, uh, started doing what they could to get America through this financial nightmare. Uh, then the B- British pulled out, uh, and in June 1783, Governor saw his family's estate, Morrisania and his mother for the first time in seven years. <laughs> I can't believe it's only been seven years. It's still well, a long time. Yeah. Uh, so she had allowed, she being a loyalist, had allowed the British to camp on the estate. Oh. And uh, they had cut down a ton of trees and basically just left the whole place a fucking mess. Right. Uh, his sister, Isabella, and her husband were getting ready to move to Nova Scotia because that's where a lot of loyalists took off after uh, the war. Okay. I didn't, yeah. Uh, Governor gave up his job in the finance office. Oh, wait, would they be considered magabas? Make America Great Britain again? That's a great joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, So he goes to work for Robert Morris in his private company as a junior partner. He got into land speculation. I bet there could uh, be land over there. I bet he bought land in Pennsylvania and upstate New York. Uh, but then his mom died in January 1786. Governor now is doing well, and he bought Morrisania from his other family members. So now he owns the estate. Right. He can finally put some roller coasters on it. Make it That's right. It meant to be the whole time. Thank you. A six flags. Uh, he was then picked to be a delegate to the Constitutional Convention without his knowledge. The Pennsylvania Assembly chose him while he was out of town celebrating the New Year in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. Which is where the greats go to celebrate. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love to every, every New Year's watching Anderson Cooper in Trenton. Yep. Yeah. Anderson Cooper loves Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, again, he was one of the youngest at the Constitutional Convention. He was 35. Governor said this was America's last chance. Quote, the fate of America was suspended by a hair. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, state governments were in massive debt. Massachusetts had a rebellion due to property taxes. European banks were trading American securities at a quarter of their value. Despite all this, six days in, Governor left. Okay. The, the convention. So he's like, it, it's just hanging by a hair. Also, I got shit to do. Right. He had to take care of some estate business, and Robert Morris's checks were bouncing. Okay. Still, seems like the future of the affair. Okay, sure. Priorities, whatever. He spent all of June away from the convention, uh, but a lot of delegates were late or or left uh they had to deal with their own businesses and also they'd get ill or whatever so that's something they don't tell you in history is that uh, a lot of dudes just bailed (laughs) right 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 a lot of a lot of senators went out for cigarettes uh governor returned on july 2nd he spoke the most out of anybody 171 times he argued that the wealthy and poor should get a house each in the legislature and that enfranchising the poor would empower the rich Ha! <laughs> Quote, the people never act from reason alone. 
the rich will take advantage of their passions and make these the instrument for oppressing them. Give the votes to people who have no property and they will sell them to the rich who will be able to buy them. So imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but he's saying that's a good thing. Yeah. So what, but uh, why, why would, well, he doesn't believe a lot of the founding fathers didn't believe in democracy. Uh, so he doesn't believe in democracy. What would he be supporting? And he supports. Well, he's saying. He, I mean, he's essentially saying, give the poor a a branch of government, uh, but it won't matter because they'll they'll need to sell themselves to the wealthy to get by. Okay, so I mean, we're basically there in a. Yeah, we're, we're a, we're, we're only, a worse. I think we're in a, maybe a worse version of it, but. But the only thing, it, the difference is just he's saying you're selling votes, selling your votes as opposed to just. Have, that's right. He's he's suggesting they have an asset. Yeah. Instead, they're like, nah, you know, we'll just take the votes too. That'll be easy. Hey. Uh, during this, some Northerners asked why slaves should be counted at all in, in yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on August, uh, on August 8th, Governor got. Uh, in on this discussion, quote, upon what principle is it that slaves shall be computed in the representation? Are they men? Then make them citizens and let them vote. Are they property? Then why is no other property included? And then he asked if his house would count as a person. <laughs> I mean, it's a good argument. I mean, is that when, I mean, I would literally just jump out the window at that point. Right, <laughs> I'm out of here, guys. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Should my house vote then? Well, that's a very good question, Governor Rep. Well, uh, is your house registered? It is, yes. No. Oh. Oh, it is. No, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Oh. Hey! Smoke bomb! <laughs> uh, of course, we all know this ended up as slaves being counted as three-fifths of a person. Uh, after it was all agreed upon, Governor was given the job of writing the Constitution. So he's the guy who wrote it out. Uh, he wrote Has he the, ever done anything important? <laughs> he wrote the preamble from scratch and came up with a famous phrase, we the people of the United States. Uh, when he was done writing it, three men refused My to sign it. hand is killing me. Oh, such a nightmare. Ah. Uh, 39 men signed it. It took a while, but nine months later, 11 states had ratified it. Governor went back to work. Is it true that at the picture ceremony, they used a bunch of different quills to sign it so they could hand them off to one weird guy? (laughs) That's right. right, Governor went back to work for Robert Morris, who is now leveraged to the hilt. And he was juggling a bunch of different business ventures. He had bought hundreds of thousands of acres of land. And being a senator, he planned to push for the U.S. Capitol to be in Trenton, New Jersey, because it would make him wealthy. Also, it's awesome. I support it. Uh, and he uh, got into tobacco, and he made a deal to provide t- tobacco to France for three years, but he was not producing enough and was getting behind on the deal. By the way, that's anyone who's ever entered a tobacco deal with the French has had that problem. We don't have enough. <laughs> Come on, huh? Uh, he also wanted to buy the United States debt to France, which would be about $450 million in today's uh, dollars. Wow. And, 
his plan was to pay 50 cents on the dollar because the U.S. was doing so bad, which would, and then getting the rights to the debt would make him a huge guy in European banking. So he's got a big plan. So his plan would be that he pays down the debt for half of the money on the dollar, and then because the debt is paid, he will be he a so he'll just defect. No, he takes over the debt, then the U.S. owes him the debt. Oh, the U.S. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but to do this, he needed to sound someone he trusted to France. Uh-oh. And Governor went to France in December 1788. Oh, boy. Get ready for those curtsies. <laughs> They're one motion. Uh, I don't know why you had to bring up the curtsies. It's important to me. Revolutionary War hero Marquis de Lafayette was there. He was a big guy who fought for America in the Revolutionary War. Okay. Uh, Lafayette and George Washington were super into each other. So much so that Lafayette named his son George Washington and his daughter Virginia. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, kiss ass. At his home in France, he made his family only speak English. Right. Yep. This is the way and, be. and he made his messenger dress up like an American Indian. Mm-hmm. I got to throw a flag on this last part, Dave. I'm sorry. That's not. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't, and I'll be honest. I can't even imagine that making sense then. Have you ever seen uh, the video of the Germans who are obsessed with American Indians? Uh, not, I have not seen that, but I have seen terrible uh, depictions. It's, it's really like, just go video it. Just go Google the video, and it pops up on on YouTube, and it's amazing. Okay, so Governor met with bankers and uh, government officials on Robert Morris's behalf, and he started hanging out with French nobles. Okay. Uh, the French loved to gossip. Governor heard many rumors, like uh, for instance that the King Louis the Sixteenth tortured cats. Louis XVI, huh? Louis XVI, who tortured cats. Oh. Uh, another was that a nobleman was the son of uh, Louis the Fifteenth and his own daughter. Was a nobleman. Okay. okay. Another rumor was a current nobleman was having a sexual relationship with his own daughter. Jesus Christ! What, so you, the, should noble be in the title? <laughs> Uh, so these stories were published in porn satires, which were illegal, but could be found everywhere. Ah, it's my dream. dream. (laughs) Right. Porn just straight up the written word to get off. Oh, hold on. I got to read that sentence. I better take her panties off again. Holy shit. Was that hot? Some of the stories were true, uh, because the French loved the sex. But uh, the French didn't care if the stories were true or not. According to Richard Brookheiser, who wrote Governor Morris, the rake who wrote the Constitution, quote, everyone was vile and nothing had consequences. All right. Once. Francais. Yeah. Uh, now it's Alec- just the French Quarter. <clears throat> That's right. Alexandre Sebastian de Flaho de la Berriade was a 63-year-old who was the keeper of the king's gardens. Okay. Uh, he, did, he, he did no work. The assistants did it all. He had two apartments in the Louvre. Uh, his wife, Adele, was 28. 
Uh, she was and also he, the. He was sixty-seven. Yeah, sixty-three. Sixty-three. Uh, she's twenty-eight. She's also the mistress of Charles Maurice de Talleyrand Perigon. Okay. So she's married, and she's a mistress to uh, Talleyrand, who's also a bishop. Sure. Yep. Okay. And this is a soap opera you're pitching? <laughs> but he's not a religious. He's not religious at all. He just got appointed that. No, no, no. A lot of bishops getting it for the hat. <laughs> Most of them are there just because that hat's so crazy. And then Governor met Adele, and he was super into her. Okay, so Adele's got the 67-year-old. She's also banging the bishop, and now she meets Gouverneur. That's right. Right. Uh she had already heard of his reputation as a ladies' man, and that just intrigued her. Oh, I hear you always ask the girls how they feel about things. Hmm? <laughs> uh, the nobles didn't have any responsibilities. They spent most of their time talking, flirting, gossiping, and playing. The country, uh, the country was almost bankrupt. They couldn't raise money because the nobility didn't pay taxes. I was just going to say, I mean, I think if you're looking for the problem in your country so far, I see a lot with the noblemen. It's, uh, it's almost it seems like, like a, a group to flag. Seems like there's a parallel. I don't get it. King Louis, King Louis the 16th tried to start a reform movement that he could control, but it didn't work. And the streets of Paris erupted. He, we, he, he tried to orchestrate like a fake. Reform? He was trying, he was trying to do reform, but. How much can you reform if you're the guy in charge? You know, right. it's that kind of bullshit. Yeah, well, it, by the way, look at our country and <laughs> quite a lot. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so it, it all erupts. Uh, the streets of Paris go crazy. And a week later, Governor was waiting for his carriage at a building next to the Louvre after eating dinner. Quote, in this period, the head and body of Monsieur de Foulon, a politician, were introduced in triumph. The head on a pike, the body dragged naked on the earth. Afterwards, this horrible expo- exhibition is carried through the different streets. So is this a good time to have just had a succulent duck dinner and be waiting for your horse and carriage? <laughs> I mean, it's not a great post-meal visual. No, no. Feels like might be the time to take the top hat off, lose the cape, throw a little soil on your face. <laughs> uh, the peasants believed the politician uh, had been trying to starve Paris by keeping bread out of the city. His body was taken and shown to his son-in-law, who was then, quote, cut to pieces, the populace caring about the mangled fragments with a savage joy. You know, 10 years ago, you read me that. I go, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Now I go, wow, that's Wednesday. Uh, This is obviously way beyond anything Governor had seen in during the American Revolution. Sure, 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 sure. No, he hadn't seen a lot of piked heads. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. He probably saw him and he was like, oh, hello, old friend. Sorry, I didn't realize there was a holy shit. What the fuck? Don't wave to that. Hello. So with all this going on, Governor still lives his life. Uh, a week after seeing the decapitated body, Governor had sex for the first time with Adele at one of the apartments in the Louvre. Okay. This, that's, that's where he saw, that's out, 
that's where the body that's where he saw the body dragged a week yeah. later he's yeah. having sex with the lady in the I hear you, but come on. <laughs> uh, he had dinner several times with Jefferson in July. He was also uh, buying stuff for George Washington. He was kind of like his personal shopper. George Washington would send him a list. He'd buy it, send it sure. to him. Sure. sure. Uh, My Amazon wish list. Do they have teeth? Maybe a new mouth? <laughs> Uh, he posed as Washington's body model for uh, a statue. Wait, they really couldn't draw a fucking body from memory. Back then, I mean, I mean, the face they get. You just be like, yeah, I'm going to use this other body from another painting. There you go. That's fine. I think it was just because they were the same size, I would imagine. But Dave, I mean. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. I don't need to yeah, go on. Okay. No. <laughs> Uh, now, Kilbanier was not impressed with the king, who he called, quote, a small beer character. A small beer character? Yes. Like a ham's bear? I, I have no idea what that means. Like Spud McKenzie? Yeah, I guess. Okay, a small beer character. Yeah, you're like a St. Pauli girl. <laughs> who, at the slightest shoe of opposition, gives up everything and every person. So the king's just weak. Uh, Governor thought French leaders were fickle and that they could not last. They just spoke for effect, and when it didn't work, just changed their minds. (sighs) (laughs) Brookheiser, quote, neither words nor ideas nor rumors were grounded in experience, and they could change in the blink of an eye. Lafayette was made head of the National Guard, and Governor told him the French should invade Flanders and Holland and to start a war with Britain and Austria. He stated very plainly this would be to distract the French people. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Even back then. I mean, that is so... God, how many times <laughs> can you build a house on the same blueprint? It's just insane. Fuck. Uh, he and Adele kept their hot affair going. She was very smart. Her husband was probably going to be killed in the revolution, uh, she believed, and she was trying to keep her options open in different areas. I know she, the and Gov- <laughs> she and Governor got really hot and heavy. They had sex in her apartment, in his carriage, and in the visitor's waiting room of a convent. Wow. Jesus Christ, who needs, who needs the ribald French street stories? Just hang out with Gouverneur and Adele for a minute. In the waiting room of a convent. That's some serious I mean, shit. talk about a three-point shot. Game winner. <laughs> that is... I would Christ. I, I would be very fast. You'd have no choice. <laughs> uh, I've come at... Uh, when he wrote about having sex with her in his diary, he would call it, uh, quote, the rights, the joy, or the needful. Oh, the rights. Jesus. Governor <laughs> uh, uh. went to London for Robert Morris. Robert uh, was now sinking because the United States was getting its finances together. And that kind of fucked up his whole plan. He put everything into land, uh, but the U.S. getting its finances together made the land less attractive, and the debt he wanted to buy was going up in price. Mm. So the whole thing's Mm -hmm. coming apart. Mm. 
Uh, Governor went back to Paris in November, so he was gone, you know, for whatever, nine months. And he went straight to see Adele, but she had a new lover, a 25-year-old British noble. Uh, Governor and Adele went back and forth, hating and wanting each other. He openly flirted with another married woman in front of her. He was also banging other married women. I mean, he was was all up, up in France. Right. Uh, they eventually got back together. Adele said she wanted to leave her husband, marry him, and move to America, but he was not into it. He didn't want to be tied down. See? Yeah. But, but yeah, it's weird to get in the psychology of that. But, yeah. I wonder what happened. Uh, the king was now being forced to uh, stay in his palace. The mobs oh, were making... How Ellen. <laughs> how Ellen. But the mobs like wouldn't let him leave. Like when he tried to leave, they'd surround right. him. Right, but still, him go- I mean, oh, oh, him, him, him. Mm. All I want to do is go outside. Uh, Louis and Marie Antoinette tried to escape to Flanders wearing disguises. <laughs> Imagine a king and queen in disguise. He's the Pink Panther. Yeah, He's, right, exactly. Yeah, just like, all right, just the five rings, I think. We don't want to appear too affluent. I'm going to uh, wear the baby crown. Yeah, don't want to stand out. The king's escape ruined Lafayette. He was threatened in the legislature by a lawyer, quote, you, Lafayette, will answer to the assembly on the fate of the king with your head. So they're threatening to cut off the head. I I didn't do anything. Objection, please. The king and queen were captured in Varennes, whatever. 6,000 armed peasants and national guardsmen uh, escorted them back to the palace. That's quite an escort. Feels like an intense escort. Yeah, an overkill. Yeah, a little much. You could get by with 2,000. Yeah, about 150. Then I could do it. Governor... (laughs) What the fuck was that? That's my dog. You have a oh, dog? That was Larry. I had a feeling it was Larry. He's <laughs> such a scamp. Uh, uh, Governor said the king was a, quote, miserable creature, and the only reason he was still in power was because there was no one decent to take his place. <clears throat> but still, the king managed to hang on for a year after that. Governor tried to help him. He wrote advice letters and gave uh, gave him a speech. He wrote him a speech to address the National Assembly, okay. but, but the king never used it. Uh, Governor also wrote up France a constitution. Just gave what? it a shot. <laughs> what? Look, if you've written two constitutions, yeah, right, start, yeah. Start, start banging them out for other countries. Right, right. All of a sudden, you're the Waylon Jennings of constitutions. Uh, nothing happened with it. Uh, Governor had a soft spot for Marie. And this Renette. next one's called the uh, Constitution of France. This one uh, <laughs> never released, but uh, I think you're going to like this Constitution a lot, too. Here we go. Uh, he had a soft spot for Marie Antoinette. She was relentlessly attacked in political pornography. <laughs> Brookheiser, quote, she was depicted as a masturbating bisexual nymphomaniac surrounded by lustful officers and lesbian aristocrats with whom she coupled insatiably. In 17, uh, a 1790 print showed an awkward Lafayette, Lafayette kneeling before her and fondling her crotch. <laughs> oh my God. Political porno. 
The queen was referred to as the Austrian bitch. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's basically a fuckload of women hating going on in France. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it really, really just, it, it is like, it, the first thing I thought of was Twitter. I was just like, this yes. is just like, because that's really, if you are in an authoritative position, and you have you have this many peasants like they have nothing. All they have, I mean, all they really have is the ability to make you embarrassed. And, and they're also very angry that uh, that the, every, all these powerful guys have a mistress, and all the mistresses seem to have power because of that. So they're right. also mad at that. right, 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 right. Uh, but Governor respected Marie Antoinette and asked one of the Queen's friends if she, if he could have a lock of the Queen's hair. Hey, um, uh-huh. I just want to, I've been watching the queen lately. She is killing it. She's yeah, so, she, I think yeah. that stuff that people say about her, that's so unfounded. I, I don't know if you know what it is. I, I've never engaged no, I, in any yeah, of the literature yeah, myself, I, but I'm just, uh, yeah. from the sidelines, just a big fan. Is she easy to work with? What's she? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. I just want to stop by and say that I just a big fan. Um, so thank you guys. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. There's one thing I was going to ask, but it's probably silly. Well, no, it's not silly. Can I just get a, a thing of her hair? Just like a little clip of her hair. Big one, not like uh, some loose hair, like an actual lock. Some locks or lock. Uh, yeah, you want uh, head or pubic? I'll take it. I mean, I'd like, you know, I, I'm like the guy who gets the regular fries and the curly fries, and I ask for them in one box mixed. Is that uh-huh. possible? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Just, I treat the heads like regulars, and then the, you know what I'm calling the curlies. So, yeah, give me a box of regular and curlies mixed up, and I'll just take it to go. Put a bunch of, and then my favorite part is when I'm done and I've emptied them all out, I'll still have a few loose ones at the bottom of the bag I can have. Yeah, great. Okay, great. awesome. Thank you so much. You have been so great. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks for coming to Pubes. You're so welcome. Uh, in uh, February 1792, Washington appointed Governor, the U.S. Minister to France. Fine. So all this time he's been working for uh, Robert Morris, but now he's an official government. Uh, okay. Uh, Senate not all on board with the nomination. Senator Sherman said Governor was, quote, an irreligious and profane man. I am against such characters. Yeah. James Monroe attacked Governor in the Senate as, quote, a monarchy man not suitable to be employed by this country nor in France. Okay. But still, he got confirmed 16 to 11. Sure. Washington told him he had to act more responsibly, and Governor wrote back he would and that he would stay out of French and turtle affairs, which, of course, he didn't do. Right. Okay. He still worked behind the scenes to save uh, the king. Uh, that month, there was another uprising, and the king gave Governor one million livres to uh, hold for him. <laughs> that to hold—that's a really for him? bad. Yeah, yeah. I I would say it's a really bad sign if a king gives you a million bucks to hold on to just in case shit goes bad. Wait, he he gave him a million to hold on to him? No, hold on to the money for him. Oh, hold on to the okay, hold on to it. Okay, gotcha. So he's wow. okay. Well, I didn't know what the fuck. You had a whole different. <laughs> well, I was absolutely confused and lost. I'll say that. 
Um, on August 10th, uh, the attacks came. Soldiers and French citizens fought with loyalist troops. 600 loyalists were killed, their bodies mutilated, and then burned in bonfires. That's a, that's a hell of a bonfire. Yeah, well, that'll just get going. Dudes. Just, yeah. du- just dudes. Yeah. Uh, the, the French elite were hiding, arrested, or being killed. Governor, quote, another man is beheaded this evening for crimes against the state. He hid Adele and her 10-year-old son in his house, and on August 29th, the militia came to search for weapons, and he refused to let them in, because then he would have been fucked if they found her, right? Right. In September, the monarchy was abolished. Adele got fake passports and fled to England. Lafayette tried to make for Holland, but was caught by the Austrians and imprisoned. Governor had Dutch bankers send Lafayette 10K for expenses in jail, uh, he also sent the message that the U.S. would be very upset if their military hero, quote, should be in want. Mm-hmm. Governor was now being searched and arrested often. He bought a house 20, 27 miles outside of Paris and tried to stay there as much as possible. But he also upset the French uh, with new, uh, he also upset the new French government by letting aristocrats stay with him. And he would always refuse to let uh, anyone in to arrest them, which he could do because he has diplomatic immunity. So he, right? he basically, I mean, yeah, okay, right. So he's basically allowed to house whoever he wants to house, essentially. Yeah, but it's pissing off the French. Sure, the French I would government. understand why, yes. Uh, the king was executed in January 1793. Marie Antoinette was tried in October. The hate of woman took part in the trial. She was accused of molesting her own son, Sexual promiscuity and high treason. Okay. The trifecta. Yeah, the big three. Uh, it was an all-male jury. She was executed two days later. The horrors continued in December 1793. So even after the king and queen are gone, they're still there's going after people. Right. And, then, and then in the National Assembly, there's just shifting uh, groups uh, who are at one point they're the radicals and then another group becomes the radicals and then they're killing the old radicals. So it's just a fucking shit show. Is is it still weeding out kind of the bureaucratic thieves or is it more? Well, yeah, that, now they've gone completely wild. Like the, the 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 nobility who who were really just so it's rot from the head down essentially. Yeah, but now the now all the groups that are trying to take over are, are fighting amongst one another. So it's you know. Uh, so she's executed in December, 1793 governor wrote, quote, some days ago, a man applied to the government for damages done to his quarry. The damage done to him was by the number of dead bodies thrown into his pit, which choked it up so much that he could not get men to work at it. So he has his, he's got a, Quarry clogged with bodies. Yeah, and be, and since since the quarry's covered in bodies, people show up for the help wanted sign, and they're like, "Oh, uh, you know, actually, yeah, I don't need a job." It doesn't seem like a great place to work. Also, I don't need a it's job. Hard, it's hard to get rocks out of uh, under all the bodies. Yeah, it's not easy. So the guy was like, "Hey, can I? Can the government give me a little um, help here, or can we start using men for rocks?" In the summer of 1794, the U.S. accepted France's request to recall Gouverneur. 
he was no longer a minister. He left France and went to Switzerland. He hung out for a little while, exiled French nobles. And then he went to Hamburg, where Adele was now living. Her husband had been guillotined, so she was single. Jesus Christ. She's got a lot of luck. Uh, she let Gouverneur know she was available for marriage. Uh, she probably wanted to get married because it also said she was bleeding, bleeding from her breast, which meant she probably had a tumor or something. Oh. Uh, and she had a kid, so she wanted the kid to be taken care of. He explained that he didn't want to marry her before and didn't now. He didn't want to be committed still. In June 1795, he left Hamburg and went to the United Kingdom. While there, he saw a canal in Scotland that uh, crossed the country. And he thought a canal would be perfect for America. Governor kept traveling around Europe and having sex with tons of women. I uh, did that for uh, four or five years. Uh, in October 1798, he returned to the U.S. I've fucked uh, them all! <laughs> Adele ended up marrying a Portuguese diplomat and, and having a good life. Uh, he went back to Morrisiana uh, to fix it up. The roof was leaking, so he rebuilt the entire house. Sure, sure. That's how you do it. He spent the equivalent of about $500,000 today. He entertained guests and expected them to listen to him. One guest wrote, quote, On a certain occasion, perceiving the attentions of his hearers began to flag. He suddenly ejaculated, I shall address the teapot, and accordingly closed his argument with that silent representative. I'm sorry. So he wanted everyone to pay attention, and at one point, the guests were not paying attention, so he said he would just talk to the teapot, and then he talked to the teapot. Okay, good. Because you threw an ejaculate in there? <laughs> I knew that was going to throw you off. Oh, majorly. That's like, there was one word. It was like, a, it, if that was a band, it would have been ejaculate and the words. I hear you. Uh, so... He was still living the same way he had in France, which was not normal for America. One man wrote, quote, Upon entering the inn, I found Governor Morris with two French valets, a French traveling companion, and his hair buckled up in about a hundred paper curlers. His, <laughs> this guy's a good time. His, his wooden leg curlers, French attendants, and French conversation made the host stare most prodigiously. <laughs> sure. Well, look. Yeah. You, you've gone big. <laughs> uh, Robert Morris was now in prison for debt. So Governor started working again as a lawyer. Now, we're at the point now where Federalists and Republicans were two parties, and they hated each other. In 1800, a senator resigned, and New York picked Gouverneur to serve the remaining three years of his term. Uh, he's now a Federalist. Gouverneur now believed that whichever party had power, the opposing party would act correctly to prevent abuse of power. He, so he basically believed there would, from now on there would always be a check on the other party? That's correct. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> By being partisan, the parties would create morality and keep each other honest. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's, by the way, it, in some way, I can see how you would, you would predict that. But I think within there, you would also predict, but at some point, it's going to become wrestling. Yeah. 
the Republicans wanted to reduce the number of federal judges, and they impeached a Federalist Justice of the Supreme Court. And Governor was alarmed because he saw the court as independent. If there was no <laughs> independent, if there was no independence of the courts, then the legislature could not be kept in order. What was that legis- look like? If the legislature was not checked, the roadmap was the French Revolution. Quote, by 1790, the only question in France was, who will become the despot? Oh, man. I, we, yeah, we, I don't understand. We are, just, we are the most apathetic country. I mean, without question. We are, every other country right now, they would be in the streets. Yeah. And we're like, um, I mean, yeah, I know it is. But I mean, I, I, I think in a lot of countries it would already be here and it wouldn't. And you would you would circumvent some of the horrendousness that awaits. Uh, so this bill passed. Governor said this meant the destruction of the Constitution. He left the Senate in 1802. And he's now just over 50 years old. He traveled the country and had an affair with a married woman in Boston he really got into the idea of building a canal to connect the Great Lakes to the sea, though his love of canals had begun with George Washington, who, quote, I confess completely infected me with canal mania. It's just, it just, it just shows you what time it was. I mean, it meant, like, it's just not a possible syndrome now. Well, I guess we've got a case of the canal mania. Is your cable out? Yes, it's been out for two weeks. It's hell. <laughs> Canal mania. Oh, fuck. <laughs> In 1807, Governor was put on a three-man commission to plan for the growth of New York City. Uh, they came up with Manhattan's grid street system. Quote, straight-sided and right-angled houses are the most cheap to build and the most convenient to live in. He needed a new housekeeper. He didn't want one who started out in a low position in the world. Quote, housekeepers of low, bright, and education would not maintain order. Only a reduced gentleman, gentlewoman could. What a nice way of so putting it. He's saying he, uh, someone of his class who had fallen and yeah. needed work was the yes. one to get. In October 1808, he headed to New York to meet Anne Carey Randolph, who was also called Nancy Randolph. The Randolphs were an early, powerful Virginia family, sister-in-law of John Randolph. Nancy had had sex with her sister's husband, had a child, then killed it, or her lover did, or it was stillborn. Uh, At the end, no one was found guilty of a crime. Then Nancy supposedly had sex with a slave and was banished. Over the next three years, she drifted around. No one knows how she survived. Governor was into women who were having a hard time, so this was right up his alley. After meeting with her, he wrote her a bunch of letters. She was, uh, he was 57, she was 34. In one letter, he let her know that her past didn't matter and he would pursue her as a gentleman. But well, he's still going to hire her. I understand you have a dark, dark, shameful past, but I'm willing to look past the fact that you had sex with someone you shouldn't have. Oh, and the baby thing, whatever. <laughs> uh, so he ended up bringing her to Morciana in April, 1809 to be his housekeeper. Wink. He, 
He asked around about her and found out there wasn't a definitive opinion in Virginia about her. Governor then invited his family over for Christmas and surprised them all by marrying Nancy. Wow. Hello. (laughs) Lord. His nieces and nephews were pissed because they would have to split the estate with Nancy. Sure. Governor was appointed to a federal canal commission, but nothing came of it. He urged New York State to build it alone. He opposed the coming War of 1812 and did everything he could to stop it. He was furious with New York for supporting the war, and at one point he cheered on diehard Federalists who were plotting secession. Okay. Governor said he hoped the rest of New England would attack New York and remove it from the Union. Quote, I... They're still trying, by the way. <laughs> Quote, I hear some of the brethren exclaim, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, why this is civil war? Unquestionably, it is civil war. And what of it? The prick of the Yankee bayonet will make you skip like squirrels. Sure. So he's all about New England and, and New York. Uh, fighting. Yeah, he's a classic Pats fan. So he's clearly a bit over the Constitution at this point. Pats dig. He spoke at many anti-war meetings in New York, and during all of this, he became a dad at 61 years old. Finally. Governor Morris II. Perfect. Keep that sweet name going. His nieces and nephews were upset that another person... More people are going to get the land? Yeah, take some of the inheritance. And one of them nicknamed the baby Kudasov. Kudasov. Oh, nice. 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 Uh, John Renoff came to visit Nancy's son, his nephew, and uh, then he was injured returning home. And We're going to have healing, to take that penis off. <laughs> while healing, the nephew had come up with the nickname uh, Kudasov, went to see him. Uh, after talking to him, John sent a letter to uh, Governor Governor, who said Nancy was a murderer. She killed both her baby and John's brother and that she took a slave lover. And after leave, leaving the house, she worked as a, quote, prostitute. He went on to say she would cheat on Governor or kill him. Anyway, sincerely, John. P.S. <laughs> Did you send that that newspaper clipping? I can't find it. Okay, hope all's well. Nancy wrote a 40-page answer and mailed it to different people in Virginia. Governor decided not to sue or do anything else because that would just create a Streisand effect. Right. Uh, It quietly went away. Governor kept pushing for his canal to be built. Congress passed a funding bill, but President Madison vetoed it as his last act as president. But Governor could not let it go. He needed his canal. And he talked New York into building it themselves, and construction was begun on the Erie Canal. Wow. <laughs> this motherfucker. Uh, yeah, he's the shit. Uh, soon after, Governor came down with a terrible case of gout. It crippled him and went on through the fall of 1816. In November, he began to experience a urinary tract blockage. Yeah, sure. Like any normal man, he tried to clear it himself using a whalebone he took from Nancy's corset. (laughs) Holy shit. What? He he put a whalebone down his dick? I don't know if he put it 
down his dick or if he tried to carve into himself. I don't. He know. absolutely tried to put it down his dick. Oh, fuck. He would use a scalpel if he was trying to cut into himself. A whale bone is just like. He, he I just, just was like, hoping. No, he was treating it like, a, like how I clean my pipe that I smoke weed out of. <laughs> Like what I do with a paperclip. He's like, hey, you know what? Maybe that's how I get rid of this. It's like they do. You know, I think I don't know much about the urethra, but my guess is that if I jam a whalebone down it, I'm going to feel some sort of relief eventually. (laughs) Uh, So it didn't work. What? His attempt uh, at self surgery. (laughs) His attempt at self surgery led to new injuries and an infection. He died on November. Oh my God! Uh, Sixth, eighteen sixteen, at the age of sixty-four, in the room he had been born in. So he killed himself with the whalebone surgery, penis whalebone surgery. So not a lot of people have killed themselves via the cock with a whalebone. It's a rough way to go. It's not easy. The Erie Canal was finished in eighteen twenty-five and brought more that, wealth. That's to the, the problem. He just looked at everything like a canal. He's like, "What? There's a blockage? Well, I just need to knock it down, and that'll let water pursue that tributary." Honey, where's my whalebone from? Oh, I don't worry. I'm just building a canal inside my body. Sweet God, my death is near. Uh, so it made the area super wealthy. Uh, Morrisiana was is in now what is the South Bronx. The six train stops on what was the property at 138th Street and Brook Avenue. If you walk a block east and three blocks north, you come to St. Anne's, an old Episcopal church built by a governor, Morris II, in 1841 to honor his mother, Nancy. In the yard behind a fence stands a tablet erected by the, new, the state of New York in honor of Governor Morris. If your dick hurts, don't jam a bone in it. And Governor's mausoleum is under an elm tree there. Wow. <laughs> Fucking A. That's crazy. Yeah, that kind of life. Yeah. I can't wait to find out which person in the gang we follow next week. <laughs> well, we got to get in. We got to get in on that uh, yeah. George Washington assassination yeah. attempt. Yep. 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 I'm willing to learn everything. I'm willing to learn everything we can learn about the P guy. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, well, we've done it again, David. We've done another one. Done it again. The main source for this episode was the book Gentleman Revolutionary, Governor Morris, The Rake Who Wrote the Constitution uh, by author Richard Brookheiser. All right. All right. God bless everybody. Gobble, gobble. We... I've come up with a new sign-off for us. It's the gobble, gobble. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th, and then in November,
November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help.